welcome to At the Table, a play reading series, brought to you by Charging Moose Media. This week, we're sitting down with the playwright of Not That Difficult, Dura Leong. Be sure to listen to this fantastic play and our interview with cast members Austin Koo and Todd Buonapane on previous episodes. Enjoy! Hello and uh, welcome back to At the Table of Play Reading Series, everyone. I'm Ned Donovan. I'm Rachel Flynn. And we are so thrilled to be here today with our playwright, Dura Leang. Dura, thank you so much for, for sitting down with us and for giving us your play, Not That Difficult. We had an absolute blast recording this play and listeners, you got to hear it last week and we're so excited to chat with our fantastic playwright. Hello and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm glad to hear that you guys had a great time recording it. I said jewel box of a piece. It just is this wonderful contained emotional moment. Uh, If you don't mind telling uh, the folks who are listening who you are and a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and and how long have you been writing and all all the pertinent information. Totally. Hi, my name is Dura Liang and I'm from China. So uh, for the rest of this interview, please forgive for my, no accents because English is not my first language. Like I grew up speaking uh, Cantonese and Mandarin. Um, I'm from the city called Guangzhou, which is very close to Hong Kong. It's the fifth largest city in China. I'm very close to my family. All my family members still there. I came to the United States in 2014. Uh, first, I went to school in Boston. Then I graduated and moved to New York, got a job in theater. I was a marketing associate at Dixon Place on the way side. So I, I worked there for two years. Shout and out to that Dixon t- Place. Shout wonderful. out to Dixon Place. Yeah, Dixon Place is wonderful. It's a wonderful venue, wonderful theater. And they're still doing amazing works during this pandemic time. They put everything online um, at DPTV. During during my time there, I, I met a lot of different artists, very talented artists. And some of them, they're from uh, NYU Musical Theater Writing Program. Mm-hmm. And so... That's how I heard about this program, Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program. I applied for it. I got in. And uh, and, and I got in as a composer. So uh, for the cool. I just yeah, I, I for the for the last two years I've been like working my ass off in, in this program. Um, I just graduated in May. Hey, oh congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Hashtag class of 2020. What a weird time to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, so yeah, I started writing uh, since I was a teenager. Uh, I started writing music. Um, I started from music and uh, I, but I, I have never got an opportunity to uh, learn to play any musical instruments. I never had the formal musical training. I just read a lot of musical theory books and started playing around with it. But I didn't start writing, and also like English is not my first language, so I really didn't start writing text in English until I got into this program, so which is like 2018. Um, so I started writing English lyrics and then, and then also playwriting. I started working on that. Um, so this particular play, Not That Difficult, is the very first project that I started and finished it after I graduated. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, because after May, 
No, I was just sitting around and what should I do? Yep. <laughs> and it started off, actually, I tried my best to keep myself healthy. Thank God I have never got COVID. And I also started a bunch of different new projects, some full lengths, um, some musical and some other different things, mm-hmm. including this short play. So because it's a short play, so it didn't take me that much time to finish it. Something nice about those contained pieces, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I finished it, and and I got very excited about it, and also so and also learned about uh, this platform. So I submitted this play, and here we are. Well, we're very thankful that yes. you sent it our way. We Rachel and I read it, and uh, we pretty. I think we wrote you just a maybe an hour later, and we wrote the actors. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wrote the actors we wanted, uh, and they both said yes. Great. I'm finding something very satisfying from a director standpoint about in this moment where it's unclear when theater is going to be back in person. um, And of course, even before this development process in theater being, I think for folks outside of the industry, it's frequently very shocking to them how long developmental processes are Um, Mm -hmm. that, that a new play, a new musical, certainly this is a process of up to, you know, and beyond a decade this is a, a long process. There's something incredibly satisfying to my mind about the idea of you wrote a short piece. <laughs> we read a short piece. We recorded a short piece. <laughs> like there's something really lovely as a bit of a silver lining in this very wild time that it's possible to participate in pieces. And I'm finding this in reading work as well, where things can come to a, a more rapid fruition and how, how thrilling that's been. There's no question there. I just wanted to tell you how nice that felt for me. Um, (laughs) But I am curious, did you go to school for writing or for composition or for both when you were up in Boston? Okay, so I went to Boston University to study public relations. Oh, get out! There was nothing about performing arts. Truth be told, I had never had like live theater experience when I was in China. Okay. I didn't have my first live theater experience until that evening in 2016. I went to see my first Broadway show when I was visiting New York from Boston. Then I learned, wow, okay, this is live theater. And and then I wanted to do something about it because like I What been, was the show? Can you take a guess? It's a, it's a new show of that season. 2016. Not Hamilton. Evan Hansen? The year Hamilton came... I mean, Tuck Everlasting lost to Hamilton, but it closed in two minutes. Did you see Tuck Everlasting? (laughs) No, no. Um, So the answer is um, uh, School of Rock. Oh, great. Wild. But the thing is, the message from that show is really encouraging because, you know, like, no, the show encouraged the kids to pursue their passions and to to try on uh, music, to try on something more creative and then and then that really inspired me oh because i have been writing music for fun for quite some years and and why shouldn't i and and so yeah so so that's how i really got into it plus that cast was so good yes alex brightman alex brightman what a wonder no yeah nyu grad alex brightman speaking of nyu Mm -hmm. Uh so yeah so i i went to nyu for this graduate musical theater writing program and uh, even though I was there as a composer I got the opportunity the training as a words person I studied I I studied how to write lyrics in English and to write 
plays in English. Have you found that it shifted where your heart lies? Do you consider yourself sort of a combo playwright, composer, or lyricist now? How would you define that that balance for yourself? Sure, I would call myself a theater maker. Great, yeah, great, <laughs> great answer. Thank you. Because like one big lesson that I have learned from this pandemic is the importance of. Uh, flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to know how to do different things, and and because like now that without access to most resources from the outside world, how you yourself can finish a project with a very limited um, uh, help from other yeah. people. So um, yes, for sure, I started writing music, but I also. Great joy in writing words, and and also I even though I'm no longer working for Dixon Place, I still had a free concert series there. Oh, um, yeah. Cool. It's, so the concert series is called Tim Pan Alley Two. Uh, it's a recurring program there. Uh, we do the series, the concert series, uh, every two months to support uh, fellow emerging musical theater writers. Great. So every time we, I invited. Uh, three friends of mine and give them like 15 minutes slot and let them do their thing. That's great. Cool. So yeah, so I want to expand my toolbox as a theater maker. And and it really doesn't matter if I call myself a composer, a lyricist, or playwright, sure. something like that. I'm just trying to make things and creative art for other people. That resonates for me so hard. Yeah, we, fa- we found a compatriot for you. Ned. Oh, I think it's a very good time for that uh, reconsideration of what roles look like in our community too, which is exciting. If you don't mind my asking about, um, and you're certainly welcome to not talk about, but I would love to hear a little bit about the process of lyric writing and playwriting um, in what sounds like at least your third language. Um, oh my God, where, where should I start? Um, <laughs> I can share one interesting fact about like, lyrics writing, like just interesting fact about songwriting in the difference between songwriting in Chinese songwriting in English is that like, uh, because Chinese is a tonal language, so different tones uh, have different meanings. So it's, it's very difficult to set music to existing lyrics. So in songwriting in Chinese, usually music comes first, but I found out that it's usually is the other way around in English. Yeah. So, so that's interesting because so for me, songwriting in English is somehow more liberating because I had no tonal limitation. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm not saying that like I'm very good at writing lyrics, but like I try my best to learn from the greatest. The best way for me to improve my skill is to learn from this great works from the greatest writers of all time. You know, like I study, like for music, I study the scores from shows and for lyric, like just put uh, the lyric in front of me and just start to dissect them. Who are some of those greats when you're sitting down and dissecting a lyric? Are there specific writers you find yourself coming back to over and over again? I'm a big Sondheim fan. Sure, sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> heard of him, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah talented individual. <laughs> Hope he's doing well. I seriously hope him is doing well. Yeah. Because like yeah, yeah, during yeah. this time. Yeah, like the the poetry of finishing the hat, you know, is such a piece of art. Yeah. So yeah, I like I like Sondheim a lot and including his music. 
I was just reading a book called、uh, Sondheim on music. Oh, oh. yeah, 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 yeah.、Mm-hmm. It's from a very academic way to look into you know aspects of of his music, and which、yeah. is very fascinating. Do you find you enjoy setting your own lyric at this point, or are you enjoying new collaborations, or both? It can be both. I think collaboration really depends on、um, the energy, the chemistry between two、yeah. people. From previous experience, I found myself be able to enjoy different kind of workflow. Sure, I find myself very、uh, flexible in collaboration, and also writing with myself, like. Two different parts in my brain collaborating with each other is also a fun challenge. For me, I wouldn't say I would take a huge chunk of my time just doing one thing. Sure. For me, like the best way to fresh up my brain is to jump between different projects and different ways of collaborations. To jump to not that difficult. What was the genesis of this piece? So this play, the character. Uh, especially Benny is definitely a reflection of my life, my own personal life, because like I'm not a citizen, you know, like and I'm actually also like dealing with、um, visa thing、uh, on the side. So that's the the original idea of creating this character, and with all this limitation, like new limitation on foreigners in this country, it's at least. From what I see, a lot of people, a lot of friends that I know who is not U.S. citizen, they choose to solve this problem by getting a green card marriage, and I think that that could be a very interesting setup for a play. Yeah. To spice things up, what if these two people are ex-lovers? Sure. And they both have their own backstories. I think that would make this. This short piece very interesting. I was really fascinated by the element of both of them having their reasons for jumping in. Yeah,、um, that that tension came not from them necessarily being in disagreement. That they were both there with the same goal, but were approaching it from such different places. That that was the crisis. I love that the show has no villain. I love that it doesn't seem to me like Benny is doing this completely out of self, you know, self interest. I mean, he is obviously a, a, attempting to stay in the country, but you don't feel like this is being done callously、um, by Benny. And also, Matthew is there supporting, but not necessarily in any sort of manipulative way. Despite his feelings for Benny, and I, it, that is also striking to me because I think that that's a hard thing to stay away from. When writing a two-hander, is it's hard to stay away from a flattening of one character as a reader, even of them, not as a writer. Thank you.、Um, first of all, I like two-handers because、um, I like Neil Simon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. As do I. <laughs> Neil Simon's works, you no, know, a lot of his works, two-handers.、Um, uh, I love his work very much. So,、um, for me, like, you no, know, two-handers are a good. Limitation for me to depict the the, the characters and、uh, with multiple multiple layers, and、um, they have their own needs. Like because I truly believe that no one is villain. Villain they just have vill villain had their goals that are just different from the other people.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think 
well, I haven't got to the point in my writing career, but so far I haven't written one single villain character. I also, I, I just want to commend you also. We read a lot of short plays and, you know, we have a queue of plays that we're doing, but rarely does a, a playwright on a short play commit to really meaty monologues in a short piece like this. Like you've you've written some really good, fast moving monologues that that tell a whole beautiful journey inside a play that is usually shorter than people give a monologue to. And I just want to commend you for your use of that because we, it's not something we read very often. Yeah, the actors were thrilled. Thrilled. <laughs> Thank you. So because I write songs a lot or write shows, like musical, I know that a piece of art, like even though in the play, its structure is very important. Like the pace within the show is very important. Like I don't want all the lines in my plays share the similar length. Mm-hmm. And even within this short play, it's fun to have like different pace from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Each characters they have their moment to shine and they have shorter lines to talk to each other and there's some like physical body language moment and there should be some place that is silence or or something like that. So it's more like from um, from the sound aspect of the show. What a wonderful way to consider dialogue as musicality. So Dora, as is an at-the-table tradition, uh, we ask everyone the same question. And so for you, uh, the question is, what is your favorite snack? Or during these quarantine times, we've adjusted it to be, what is the snack or meal getting you through the quarantine? I would say Greek yogurt from Chobani. Chobani? You are the first Greek yogurt person, I believe. I'm sure not the last one. Yeah, sure. What's your? Is, do you have a flavor that you go for? So every week I, I do online grocery shopping and then uh, there's multiple, like there are different options. So I try to rotate them, try to sure. have them all. So this week I'm getting pineapple. I didn't actually realize there was a pineapple chobani. Okay, wait, I have more questions because I only recently discovered Greek yogurt uh, because I am, uh, uh, I've never been really into it, but my trainer tells me that I should start eating it because it's very healthy. So uh, I've been starting to to mix it up and put together new new flavors and adding granola. Is there a, do you just eat it plain? Do you have a, a, a do you have something you add to it? I mean, once you, well, I, I cannot eat plain non-fat Greek yogurt because it's just not humane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I I prefer to to pick um you know two percent milk. Sure. That that this that will bring out some slices of flavor and some and flavors from the um you know strawberry, pineapple, different kinds of fruits. Um so yeah so normally if I if I for example I'm getting I'm getting a pineapple Greek yogurt later today, then I'm planning to eat it plain. You are a better person than me. I have yet to figure out how to do that. I usually am adding granola and stuff. Well, I eat granola too, but like I, I usually I eat granola uh, in the morning, like as breakfast. Um, oh. Like Greek yogurt is more like an afternoon um, dessert, that kind of stuff. Got it. If there were a place online for people to check out more of your work or to get to hear it, um, is there a, a either social media or a website or something that you, you would encourage people to visit? Yes, totally. Uh, my website is my name, duraliang.com. And I'm on um, Instagram, Twitter, 
um, my handle is Aldura, A-L-L-D-U-R-R-A. Incredible. And we will have those up on our website as well, linked, linking to your website. Um, and our website is, you ready for this? I can do it. Rachel, I'm ready. www.chargingmoosemedia.com slash at the table podcast. Nailed it. Kicked it out of the park. Was oh, that Rachel right? <laughs> thank you so much for being here. It's been a joy to get to chat with you a little bit. And thank you uh, for those of you listening at home. You can't see, but um, he's currently sitting in a room on a 96 degree day without a fan or air conditioner for the sound on this because he is a trooper and a gentleman and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> We're very lucky to get to work on your beautiful play. Thank you. For the listeners, we'll uh, talk to you next time. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Be well. You've been listening to At The Table, a play reading series produced by Charging Moose Media. For more information on our playwright, Dura Leong, visit our website at chargingmoosemedia.com slash podcast. Link also available in the show notes. We are hosted by Rachel Flynn and Ned Donovan. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Special thanks to our playwright, Dura Leong. You can find us on social media at At The Table Plays. Please connect with us. See you next time.